If you would like to turn to uh, Romans 14, that's where we'll be starting out. I had uh, scheduled, nobody questioned me on this yet, but I had scheduled uh, Dr. Nelson to speak today. (laughs) But you were being so polite. And uh, he got into uh, studying for the message today, and he he got going so far and going down a rabbit hole. He had like twenty pages put together, and I said, "Oh man, that's a little too long, brother." <laughs> um, so he's uh, that's why I'm here today instead of him. <laughs> but. He's so excited about this topic he's been working on that's very relevant. He's uh, actually thinking about putting on a class for us. So um, we'll see how that goes. So I'm, who, who was it? Dr. Nelson. Dr. Zach. Yeah. So, Nari. You didn't like me. <laughs> I, I, got, I upset him on the phone and I challenged him just being me and it got, you know, not confrontational, but I was just like, he's like, no, oh, you wouldn't understand everything I know. I was like, how do you know that? You know, you don't know what I know. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I could tell he was getting frustrated and I was like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, he was nice, but. So it's just a confirmation that you're a challenge. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, one of the messages that uh, God gave me while uh, Adrian and I and Bethany were on vacation was this topic about don't judge me. So don't judge me on the sermon message. But really, uh, it's it's. I hope as you'll see as we go through it. This is a challenging subject, and it's something that hits every single one of us, every one of us. And um, my uh, reason, either my bravery or stupidity in bringing this message today is because, you know, coming to church, it's a, it's a spiritual moment, and, and there's a purpose in it. God wants us to grow in our faith and you know, sometimes we have to address topics that are, well, maybe you wouldn't think of their primary importance. But I think as we go through today, you'll see it is, it is pretty important, this, this topic about don't judge me. And we as a church, we as Christians, we need to have a good handle on this. And again, I think you'll see as we go through the, the message, And at the end of the message, my hope is um, I will have equipped you with a broader understanding of this um, topic. You know, don't judge me. It's 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 an issue for us as brothers and sisters in Christ, but also just in general community. When we're um, in faith, when we're in God's kingdom... And we're trying to walk out our faith. We quickly come to understand that if we judge someone, we're going to be judged right back. And 
In these scriptures that we're going to read today, Jesus is giving us practical advice. It's not him um, beating uh, us on the head with a stick. It's practical advice. It's advice on how to be effective in our relationships with each other. Um, How to be effective in our discipling with each other. So if you're with me in Romans 14... Um, This is a passage that exposes to us this phrase, this term, this principle, which is principles of conscience. So Paul starts out in verse 1, Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions, One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. Who are you to be judge? Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat. And gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. That covers a lot of territory uh, for us on this topic. And Jesus was pointing out to the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders, but they were sinning aplenty. Yet they were accusing the people of minor infractions or sins out of context. An example would be when Jesus came and he healed on the Sabbath. It drove them crazy. They went after him. And and, and that's just, there's many examples that Jesus gave us. But that's one that I'm sure you're readily familiar with. So the, the context of judging is... As we've seen here in Scripture, and as we'll read in a couple more, is it's a it's a nitpicking of a, a minor infraction of the Pharisaic law. While while the others are violating a biblical commandment. So an example, as we just read, um, and it's illustrated in other places, was. Uh, the type of food that they were to eat or not eat, and the same with drink, hand washing, fasting, 
uh, not drunkenness, not sexual immorality. And the point here is this matter, these spiritual matters, are a matter between us as brothers and sisters uh, and how we walk. What Paul and Jesus are trying to explain to the Jews and even the Gentiles who were coming into Christ is law versus grace, uh, not liberty versus sin. So these things that are being brought out are being brought out because they are part of the, the Mosaic law. And yet we know that the Pharisees expanded on that. They added on to that. They added some of their own rules and practices and traditions, and they, they weren't um, what God wanted, but they put them on the people, and they bound them to it. And I think so often this don't judge me uh, phrase that we like to toss around is, um, it's going to be a liberty versus sin issue and not how it's put in Scripture, which is law versus grace. Yeah, it's an, it's an excuse for some people to just kind of say, oh, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You can't judge me. So, uh, we believers, though, we need to be cautious when we're speaking truth to non-believers. Um, they can't obey Jesus' command until they're born again, until they become a spiritual man or woman. Why? Because they're marching to a different master. That's what Paul's talking about in here. Why judge the servant of another master? So this was, you know, Jesus is bringing out a real thing. I mean, they had slaves. The Jews, some of them were slaves to other Jews or other people. And you didn't go tell the, you know, the other master, hey, you're not treating your slaves correctly. You don't judge on another master. So, non-believers can't be held to God's standard. That is huge. Because so often, the troubles we get into, the problems we create, is because we are trying to insist that a non-believer who is not a slave to God is to act as a believer who is a bondservant to God. They can't do it. It has to come from in here first. So we, as we were singing this morning, start with love and then disciple later. We so often want to judge first and then worry about love and discipling later. So, today, next slide. Turn with me to Matthew 7. This is the one everybody and their brother is familiar with. Believe it or not. Matthew 7. So, in, in today's world, today's vernacular, this don't judge me is used as a defensive weapon. I'm beginning with verse 1. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice that log that is in your eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This um, passage gets abused frequently. You know, don't judge me. Um, it's been used so often, it has actually squelched Christianity and even discipleship within the church. It has been so powerful, powerfully used, that it has intimidated Christians from sharing scripture, from discipling, all the things that Jesus tells us to do. So when we toss that out there, don't judge me, what are we really saying? We're, we're kind of saying, well, shut up. <laughs> I refuse to listen. You know, I don't want to talk about this with you. And, and the intent by Jesus, again, was to bring people out of the law into grace. And it wasn't to let people sin without challenge. He wasn't saying, you know, don't bring up matters to your brothers and sisters. Just let them do whatever they want. It wasn't that. And, and by now, the people that are saying, don't judge me, they're just getting sick and tired of hearing it. Here's the thing. All sin is bad. All sin is bad. So by responding, saying, you know, my sin is no worse than your sin, so don't judge me. When you think about it, it's akin to saying, my sin is okay. <laughs> you know, some sin is okay. But all sin is bad. None of it's okay. So the issue is not so much the sin, it's our relationship. It's our manner of speaking, our manner of approaching. So the judges that Jesus is rebuking here were committing large sins, often in, 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 uh, out of sight, in hiding. Or they have rationalized their sins so well that they have excused themselves from the sin. Their sin is now hidden from their conscience. And it's only the Holy Spirit that can prick our hearts to let us know that we're being convicted of sin. So how do we wrongly judge? How do we wrongly judge? Well, one of them is, like the Pharisees, we make up our own set of rules. And that's what we use to judge others, right? Um, we we uh, come up with something that maybe isn't in the Bible, or it's a morality or practice or tradition that seems good. Um, so often we think that we're doing good, and we can't see, you know, our own sin. Uh, the second way is we use the Bible with wrong motives and as a weapon. Um, sometimes we call, we have this term called proof texting 
So we have one scripture that we're using. And we'll sling it at somebody. But it's, it's slung at somebody out of context. Because if you were to read a little bit before that passage, a little bit after, you'd say, what? Well, maybe I didn't use that in context. So those are kind of the two primary ways that we will judge wrongly. We will judge wrongly. I think motive is the operational word because if I am judging someone and opening my mouth to make myself feel better, I know my sin, so your sin is worse than mine. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about your sin. Yeah. You know, that's one motive. Another is if you see someone, uh, you know, a believer that's miserable, you know, drowning, then saying something in love is offering a hand up. Mm-hmm. And those are two very different things. One is just selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's kind of my point that I'm going at. Is we we uh, condemn others without humility uh, in our own heart. And first considering our own behavior. That's what Jesus is saying. Before you even start speaking and thinking, you know, start examining your own heart. And, and don't move until you can move in love and humility. Um, we don't have... Here's the other aspect of don't judging and what Jesus is saying about the speck and the log. We don't have to be perfect to have these discipling and loving conversations with our brothers and sisters. We will never be perfect in behavior. We're, we're perfect in our relationship with God. He sees us as perfect. But we're never going to have everything figured out and doing everything just right. We're still going to mess up. And so a lot of times when we hear, don't judge me, we think, oh, I can't say anything to anybody until I'm perfect. Until I got it all figured out. That is not going to happen. And so then we've taken ourselves out of what Jesus has told us to do. What does he say when he was the risen Savior? Before he was sent back saying, go and make disciples. We have to have conversations. So when Jesus says, you will be judged with the same measure, um, what he's meaning is, if, if we are willfully ignorant or in denial of our sin, and then we specialize in nitpicking someone else's sin, kind of what you're talking about. Um, God is going to judge us with the same measure. He's going to nitpick our little tiny sins, the things that we, we had already justified. Um, so in other words, our behaviors of conscience is going to be called out. And these are things we wouldn't have been charged with had we not charged a brother or sister with these little things. And another element of judged by the same measure is often, and, and again, this is what you're saying, we, we're committing the very sin that we're judging our brother or sister with. Have you noticed? And why do we do that? We do it because we know that sin is wrong. We don't want it in us. And we think the way to get it out of us is to judge our brother and sister with the same sin. Make it universal. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but we do it. It's human uh, nature. Okay, so don't judge. 
But at the same time, if you've read the Bible, you know it talks a lot about judging and judging that we should do. So there is some judging that we should do. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians. So you Matthew, go to write a few books to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, this is kind of drifting into um, a discussion about how we one another here in church. Uh, we are not all disconnected from each other. We're, we're a spiritual body. I kind of think of like a, an aspen tree. You know how the roots go underneath and they're all over the place there. All these aspen trees are connected to one another. Yeah, or mushroom, somebody said? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could have said it. Mushrooms. There's a mushroom that does not Yeah, there is. Um, so we're, we're all connected. And we have, God has brought us in here. We have to get along. We have to do things. And we can't push our brother and sister away. We have to work together. So, judging is not to be confused with discipleship or accountability. Read with me uh, verses 1 and 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is a morality among you, an immorality of such a kind that it does not exist even among the Gentiles, that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned. Instead, so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. So Paul goes on to discuss this with them, and moving down to verse 12 and 13, this is his conclusion. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. So this kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, we we need to work together. Um, we need to judge rightly and correctly among each other, but we don't go out judging the world because, as I said, they can't change their behavior from whatever their master is. So... Uh, we don't need to be the busybodies going out into the community judging people that are not living up to God's um, desires or even what we think is right or wrong. And this is a challenge for us. You know, because this church, praise God, puts out a lot of effort to meet the community. They don't care. We don't care, you know, who they are or what they're doing. We we go out and we, we meet and we Try to invite them in and draw them in. So I'm hoping that this will give you a little better handle on this kind of situation as you encounter it. This book, 1 and 2 Corinthians, this, this was a church in Corinth. And the city of Corinth, where the church was located, was a very permissive city in moral terms. Uh, and evidently their culture was influencing the church rather than the church influencing the community. Does this sound like today's world? <laughs> Can I get an amen? And 
after a while, because we've heard it so often, we in the church get used to these things that are told us by the world of how we should think and behave and act. And instead of being salt and light to the world, we become complicit. It's easier to go with the flow and accommodate some of these non-biblical principles than it is, and not to have to put up a don't judge me, than it is to have these discussions and look at it biblically. <laughs> so, the end result is the church ends up saying, well, we can't judge people. We're not supposed to do that. Let them do what they want. Let's just love on them. But love, it is way more powerful than that. Love is much broader than that. Um, love has things that it does and things that it doesn't do. So, with respect to this judging, what does Jesus say? He, he even says, stop judging by mere appearances. Instead, judge correctly. We need to go to the heart of the matter, not judging by superficial appearances of um, law or practice or behavior. You know, I've been going with that. A lot of you know, you see that guy in the corner there when you're going to Walmart. Yeah. Sitting at the corner and all that. You know? For the longest time, I would not really have much of anything to do with this person. And um, I, I, I don't know if it's for real or not, but I was told that uh, the last store manager offered him a job and he didn't take it. And all this, but he's always saying, God bless him. He's always, you know, um, you know, being a good spirit. Well, last week, the first time I finally started speaking with him for a little bit, I said, okay, let's find out. And I opened up the conversation because he was, I was sitting at the one bus stop, you know, seat there and resting for a second. He was on the other one. Somebody came over and gave him some money. And, you know, I'm thinking about taking up that career one day real soon. <laughs> you know, he kind of laughed about it. And then we started talking for a little while. And turned out, he's, you know, you know he's, he's, you know, retired. And he's on Social Security and all that. And, and uh, you know, it turned out you know he's pretty pretty good good people and all that. And I felt pretty good that I finally made that step and opened the door right there. Wow. And he left the sign on the seat. He was there yesterday. I haven't seen him for quite a while. And he left uh, he left the sign there on the bus out seat. And, and um, I picked it up as a God bless it, it you know United States of America or something like that. And there's a box there. It's supposed to have a fire extinguisher. So I put it up right there. Even got crosses, you know, written, you know, drawn in the whole nine yards. So, if you go by Walmart, I mean, if you go to Walmart and look there, see, you know, the, you know, the uh, propane tanks outside. So, I'm going to look, look on Monday or Tuesday when I go back to work. Hopefully, it'll, it'll still be there. I don't know. Yeah, there or else go. he's got it. So. There we go. So, what we're what we're exposing here is there's wrong ways to judge and there's right ways to judge. Yeah. And Jesus has told us to judge correctly, to judge rightly. I mean, for example, um, we can't escape uh, this issue of judging. If, if your spouse sleeps with your neighbor's husband or wife or manservant, that's wrong, right? And, I mean, are we not to say anything? Um, if, um, are, I mean, and if you do, are you judging, are you judging someone wrongly? Um, what about, say your son goes out and steals. Don't you as a parent have an obligation to teach your son, you know, don't steal, that's wrong. 
That's wrong. Uh, it's not a judging, but it's it's a biblical right or wrong. I can imagine what the parents are saying to their two boys that started that fire last this past week. <laughs> Amen. So, getting back to our church operating in a biblical way, you know, we have elders, um, everybody that comes here regularly, you're a member whether you've signed a pledge or not. Um, we have to we have to make judgments in our relationships with one another and how we lead the church. So you're still in 1 Corinthians 5, move down to chapter 6, verses 1 through 4 or so. So, does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to a law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? We're all saints in here. If you're a believer, you're a saint. This is our future. We will judge the world. If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? Wow. How much more the matters of this life? So, if you have law courts dealing with matters of this life, do you appoint them as judges who are of no account in the church? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not among you one wise man who will be able to decide between his brethren, but brother goes to law with brother, and that before unbelievers? Actually then, it's already a defeat for you, that you have lawsuits with one another. Why not rather be wronged? Why not? I mean, how many of us come to this thought that when our brother or sister uh, offends us or actually does something wrong? I mean, how many of us say, man, I'd rather be in the wrong so much, I'll, I'll just take it on me. I'll forgive this person. I will insist on justice. It's hard to do. It is. Especially in some scenarios where you like you just have to. If it was easy, you wouldn't need to come to church. Exactly, that's why I'm here. So, you know, there's judging wrongly, there's judging correctly, and and there's a lot of weight behind the outcome of judging. Um, resistance is judging. Resistance is judging. If if a brother or sister comes to you. Um, with a loving attitude and right counsel, they've examined themselves and, and they bring something up, which Jesus tells us to do. In fact, Jesus tells us through his brother James to confess your sins one to another. Why? So you can be healed. So if we put them off and we're actually saying, who do you think you are? <coughs> are you perfect or better than me? And that's why you're talking to me about my sin? That's kind of what I call reverse judging. If we are on the side of the counseling and discipling or speaking the truth in love, we often get lambasted for doing what Jesus encourages us to do. We are to speak truth, but with love and gentleness, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as Jesus did. And... You know, if you find yourself struggling with this do not judge thing, uh, recognize we cannot claim ignorance when we stand before Jesus. I, I didn't know. Nobody told me. 
Because the fact of the matter is the Holy Spirit sent that person to us to talk to us about it. So we should have a receptive heart. Okay. So maybe what we should hear, maybe what our response ought to be, okay, brother and sister, I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure I'm on board with it yet or not. But let me go pray about it. Let me see what God says. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But our emotions get in the way. We want to punch back. All right, so let's finish up. I'm just going to kind of revisit what we've talked about here a little bit to try to sum it up. Um, Jesus' command is that we not judge others, but it does not mean we shouldn't show discernment. Discernment is spiritually observing and judging whether something's right or wrong, whether it's evil or not. Uh, immediately after Jesus says, do not judge, he says, and this I didn't read this verse, but it's uh, verse 5 or 6. He says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. And a little later in this sermon, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, he says, watch out for false prophets. By their fruit you will recognize them. How are we to discern who are dogs and pigs and false prophets unless we have the ability to make a judgment call based on doctrines and, and uh, scripture. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is giving us permission to tell right from wrong. He's actually telling us to learn to discern right from wrong. Mm -hmm. So there's some judgments, some types of judgments that are wrong. And I'll just briefly go through them. Superficial judgment is wrong. And that is passing judgment on someone based solely on appearances. In other words, you don't really know what's going on in the background. Um, you're, you're jumping to conclusions without having the facts. That's superficial judgment. Hypocritical judgment is wrong. Uh, we're not to judge others. And Jesus um, calls us hypocrites if we're judging someone wrongly because we're guilty of either the same sin or we're uh, you know, not um, examining ourselves first doing the things that Jesus tells us to do. Hypocritical. Harsh judgment. Harsh, unforgiving judgment is wrong. Again, so when we approach someone and talk to them, it needs to be a loving, kind, sensitive. Um, scripture tells us we're always to be gentle with one another. Um, and it's the merciful who will be shown mercy. Not the ones that, that are proud. And I got it all figured out. I never messed up. The mercy, the uh, the ones that need mercy, are the ones that we've shown mercy. Self-righteous judgment is wrong, and that is uh, when we're proud and arrogant when we're judging someone. We're to approach with humility, because God opposes the proud, and He gives greater grace to the humble. And then uh, finally, untrue judgment is wrong. So the Bible, the Bible clearly forbids against bearing false witness. We are to slander no one. So this gets back to before we start talking to somebody, we better bone up on the scriptures a little bit and pray and get our heart right. So at the end of the day, judge correctly. We are warned against judging others unfairly or unrighteously, but we should judge with correct judgment.
We're to be discerning. We're to preach the whole counsel, not proof text one verse here or there and use it as a weapon. Including the Bible's teaching on sin. We can't avoid talking about sin. Um, we are to gently confront erring brothers or sisters in Christ. Why? It better be because we have such a love and concern for that person that we're willing to confront that person knowing it's going to hurt or that it could hurt or it could backfire. I mean, so many of us, me included, I don't, I don't like confrontation. I don't like coming up somebody confronting them. Don't you like and me it. both. <laughs> Maybe we had to do that a long time ago with somebody. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it is, it is difficult, but just get your heart right first. And um, we are to practice church discipline. And uh, we didn't go into it today because then I'd be guilty of preaching too long. But uh, maybe another day. And we are to speak the truth in love. All righty. Don't be guilty of being yourself. Comments? Uh-huh. Um, this is probably a whole different sermon within itself. But one thing that wasn't mentioned here this morning that I think is like a totally different thing is that what does the world say about Christians? That we judge. That, we, that we're very judging and judgmental. And, you know, that's what we're accused of. And I, in reality, that's those people, way, that's an easy defense. It, keep, it keeps us at arm's length and away from them when they say that. But... You know, I can't really say that I know of a Christian who is always judging people uh, that aren't Christians and being who the non-Christians say we are. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, that's definitely, among non-Christians, their opinion of us. So. I think that um, a lot of times what's happening in that scenario is the Holy Spirit is convicting them and we just happen to be the visible person uh, that they uh, see. Uh -huh. And because they're not believers, they don't understand the Holy Spirit is convicting exactly. them. Exactly. Or what grace is all about. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little, off, not off subject, but like things like practical things, like you have a old sandwich in the fridge that you know is going to make someone sick and your roommate takes it and he's like, don't do that. You know, he's like, don't do that. <coughs> You know, it's a, no, you're going to get sick if you eat that, you know, type of thing. How, how does that work with, like, you know, you tell your kid, don't eat that because it's going to hurt you, or, like, mm -hmm. and they might take it as judgment, or, yeah. you know. No, that's not like you just help somebody avoid it. an yeah. issue that you see that they don't see yeah. as a good human Christian of, like, hey, wait a minute, this might be harmful for who yeah. you are, and, instead of, like, go ahead, let's eat that sandwich Anybody else? I just was fortunate enough when the kids were little to work with uh, Pastor Eric and Michelle Johns of the Buffalo Dream Center, and that was their motto: was to love people first and then minister to them. And it went a long way because they ministered in some of the worst parts of the city of Buffalo. And they did. They went in and they fed people. They they did yard work. They did all kinds of things 
to beautify the community before they started preaching the gospel. Amen. Donna? Oh, I just wanted to say thanks um, for before your servant giving us the opportunity to confess something we failed on, and then I didn't confess what I failed on, and then you went ahead and <laughs> preached on it all, all morning um, and exposed me. Um, no, I just, like, for myself, I have noticed myself lately, I'm not, like, judging people like, oh, you did this or whatever, but more like, just, mm, I don't really like that person because they're kind of a jerk or they did this or whatever. And like, I don't like that person. Um, and God's really been talking to me about seeing people through his eyes, which we sing a song. And then, you know, um, so um, I just, yeah, I just, <laughs> I feel like this whole message was for me. Um, and you know, and will people pray for me, please? To because that's really my desire is to see people through God's eyes, to be able to love them the way that God wants us to love them, and not be that judgy person. Not, I mean, not that I'm like, oh, you're going to hell because you did this, but just like the little tiny things that are so stupid that I like hold against people for no reason, really. Um, and that's not what he wants of us like I need I want to have like a more open yeah. attitude and heart to see people through God's eyes yeah. Yeah. all right well let's uh gather around and pray for one another